Hello and welcome to the Thriving Abroad Together podcast series and episode 15. I'm Louise Wiles, an expat change and transition coach and your host for these conversations. Thank you for joining me today. I hope that wherever you are in the world, you're staying safe and healthy in these quite extraordinary times. Now, over the past five weeks, I've been recording and publishing the Thriving Abroad Together series. And in this series, I'm speaking to a range of amazing professionals who have perspectives, insights and advice to share that I really hope will support you and your loved ones through this challenging time. Go and take a look at the past episodes on the Thriving Abroad website, clicking on the tab Thriving Abroad Together podcast series. Now, if you're listening to this on the Thriving Abroad website, remember that you can subscribe to this podcast series on any of the major podcasting hosts, such as iTunes, Stitcher or Spotify. So on to today's podcast episode. We all know how important keeping active and eating healthily can be for our general physical and mental well-being. Sadly, in my experience at least, and I think I'm not alone, when times get tough and we face challenging experiences in our lives, fitness and nutrition can be two of the things that fly out of our everyday regimes. Perhaps we reach for the comfort food and convince ourselves that we're too exhausted for exercise. But you know, there is so much evidence demonstrating why we should prioritise healthy food and exercise. From the positive impact good nutrition can have on our immune systems, to the impact of exercise on our cognitive and mental functioning. In this episode, I'm really excited to welcome Ryan Thomas from Equilibrium Fitness in the UK. Ryan's my personal trainer and nutrition coach, and he's here to share his insights into how we can easily build positive habits into our routines from both a nutritional and exercise perspective and do it in ways that will energize us and build up our physical and mental strength for coping in these challenging times. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Okay so hello and welcome to the conversation today Ryan. Great to have you here. Thank you very much Louise. Hi. It's lovely to, to have you join in the Thriving Abroad conversation. And I'm really looking forward to talking about um, how we can you know, think about fitness and nutrition um, as a way of supporting us at this time um, when you know, stress levels are slightly raised, I'm quite sure, wherever you're located in the world at the moment. Um, so, Ryan, you know, when, you, when you see people, and I know because you know, you've well, I've been training with you and I know you're doing a lot of stuff online with your, your clients at the moment. What, what are you noticing is the first thing people let go in relation to their health and fitness when times get tough as they are at the moment? Um, so I, I, think, I think especially in the UK, this might not necessarily be for other countries, but especially in the, the UK, we definitely live in a bit of a, an all or nothing culture in this country. So uh, I think for a lot of people, it's, it's a bit of a domino effect. Um, and when, when one thing goes, I think a lot of the time for everyone, a, a lot of things go at, at the same time. Um, I found with a lot of clients, they've, 
they've wanted to well if I, if I can't get to the gym then how can I possibly um train if I can't train then I can't eat properly and if I can't eat properly then I, I you know everything goes out the window all at once so uh, I think for a lot of people especially in the UK um it's that all or nothing uh kind of culture but if if I had to choose one thing that people let go of, um, I think it's definitely got to be nutrition. I, I think for for a lot of us, we're kind of wired for those sweet treats and um, uh, maybe alcohol as well uh, as a way uh, to deal with stress. When when stress hits, it's the first thing we go for, and when we see some some of those really gloomy news headlines, I think a lot of us retreat straight into those um those sweet treats and alcohol so i think that's probably the first thing that goes for most people is is their nutrition really mm. so yeah i can definitely relate to that and of course the alcohol thing as well i think in the uk there are reports alcohol consumption or sales have risen by 20 percent since we shut down um yeah. and uh, yeah yeah so people are definitely turning to those Okay, so let's take nutrition first then. What are the things that we should be paying to attention to in terms of our nutrition then? Um, and I guess bearing in mind that perhaps people around the world are having to be a bit creative about nutrition, depending on what's available in, in shops and so on. But what should we, we, we be prioritising when it comes to our nutrition? I th- I think I think for me as as you know Louise it's it's all about habits and I think that lots of the best research on what we eat and why we eat it and how we feel when we're eating comes back to the habits that we have in our life and mm. I, I think especially at this this stressful time and habit habits kind of work like a domino effect once you know if you start the day with a bad breakfast there's we know there's a there's a high chance you're going to follow that by a bad lunch and you know um a not so great dinner either so i think if if anything if anything it sounds it might sound quite counterintuitive but i think stepping back and trying to look at your nutrition habits head on at this time so i think relating back to your first question just coming back to if if i if i am feeling stressed and i found myself going to alcohol or I found myself going to sweet treats that you know I don't want it's not making me feel great long term then then facing that habit head on and trying to replace that um, reward at the end of the habit so habits tend to work in a cue routine reward so the cue is I'm on the sofa I've just seen the news I feel really stressed the routine is I go to the cupboard and the reward is I feel better because my daughter made a cupcake and now I feel better. <laughs> so um, I, I, I think um, if, if anything, the, the first thing to pay attention to is what are your habits like around food at the moment? Because we, we are such creatures of habit and routine and everyone's routine has gone out of the window. We're used to leaving for work first thing in the morning and you know this is what we're used to eating and then this is what we usually have for lunch at the deli at the office or or whatever so lots of our mm-hmm. our working lives are based around the food that we usually have as well so um, I'd also sort of within that then suggest taking a step back 
and writing out your new routine, your new, your new food plan and what your week is going to look like. And I think that's maybe what's kind of thrown a lot of people off is all of a sudden I don't have any routine anymore and I don't have any routine around my food. So do I just have a baguette at two in the morning or <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's building those new habits. And so I know you're very big on having a food plan for the week. And and actually yeah. that's been really, I, I let that go for the first two weeks, which meant that we were getting seven o'clock in the evening and the family would be looking at me having what's for dinner. And I was having to rustle stuff up at the last minute. So I've reformed myself this week and we have a plan, <laughs> which has actually also helped with the shopping because now... The shopping is supposed to be done you know, once a week. We're not supposed to be nipping out every two days to stock up. Yeah. So that you know has a, a knock-on effect as well. Um, that it means that I'm really having to think ahead and make sure I have things that I can use, obviously, for all the meals. So to have a plan and then um, I, I develop the healthy habits. Yeah, I, th I think like you said, people haven't got you know what they might usually have available but there are still some kind of core guiding principles that we can all go by um, in that we're looking for some colorful vegetables each meal you know in any region of the world you can have access to some vegetables um, and trying to make sure that they appear at each meal is a great one i'm a great fan of having some vegetables um, at breakfast as well but not everyone loves that idea but <laughs> i think it's a great opportunity to get some in. Um, you know, and, and really, I think taking the opportunity to focus on having zeroing your diet in on having minimally processed and nutrient dense foods like there's no there's never been more of a reason to be eating foods that are full of vitamins and minerals than right now. So I think, yeah. you know, staying away from those those processed foods, which I think is part of the problem as well once again going back to your first question of you know when people do feel when people do feel stressed it's the processed foods they go for and those are the ones that are have the least nutrients in um and you know have have more of a propensity to lead lead us to a um sort of down regulated immune system so yeah <laughs> it's kind of a bit of a, a bit of a cycle there yeah no absolutely so so lots of healthy vegetables and fruit. Um, I know you're strong on protein. So and yeah. and so having some healthy protein with most meals as well is important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of people don't realise with protein, it's almost got a bit of a bad name with kind of uh, the fitness world. People just think of protein shakes, but um, really our bodies make. Uh, some of our immune cells, our antibodies out of protein. So um, uh, we, we really need protein in our diets for, uh, for, that, for that purpose right now, but also just general tissue turnover. So kind of, you know, the body's wear and tear when we are stressed, we are turning over those bodily tissues and we need to be able to replace them with um, building blocks so that that's what our protein is well it's it's there for those things but also it's going to massively help in terms of satiety so we're not just sat and snacking all day because hopefully we feel a bit more full because uh, mm -hmm. that's what 
approach is going to provide for us. Um, but also, if if you are being a bit more proactive and you are getting some workouts in, then you are going to be causing a little some metabolic damage, and you need to give your body the building blocks to repair from it. So there's lots of reasons, I think, to get that extra boost of protein in. So so yeah, I think for me, it's if, if there are any habits you could focus on, it would be eating some colourful vegetables each meal um, or some fruits. Um, eating minimally, minimally processed and nutrient dense foods, um, and probably getting some protein in at each meal. And I think if you stuck just with those three habits, you'd be you'd be doing pretty well. Brilliant, great. And does that kind of, I'm just, just thinking we're probably all thinking about trying to boost our immune systems as well. What, what's your view about taking supplements? If we're getting a sort of a balanced diet in the sense that you've just described, do we need to be reaching for the supplements or do you think we're probably getting enough of, of what we need to have a healthy immune system from a food perspective and <laughs> what we're putting yeah, into our so body? I think that, um, well, there's a, there's a few things. I mean, first of all, I think a lot of people don't realise that over 70% of the body's immune system is in the digestive system. So um, taking mm. care of our digestive system is sort of our first port of call when it comes to um, immunity. So getting a good amount of prebiotic and probiotic foods in the diet is really important. And, and so to answer your question about supplementation, I think that's really about what do I have access to? Because if I haven't got access to good sources of prebiotic or probiotic then i'm going to struggle to to boost my immune system as well and in that case definitely having some supplements would be really helpful can you give us a, what, what what foods give us naturally prebiotic and probiotic um yeah yeah <laughs> So, um, so prebiotic, um, some main vegetables you'll get prebiotics from would be something like asparagus, garlic, uh, leeks, onions. Uh, different sources of carbohydrate would be um, some barley, beans, oats, quinoa, uh, potatoes. And then uh, fruit has prebiotic in as well. So apples, bananas, uh, berries, citrus fruits and fats as well so um, flax seeds or, or chia seeds are a good source of prebiotic so prebiotic is what the the bacteria feed off of the good bacteria and then the probiotic um, with the bacteria in um, you're looking at more kind of dairy so yogurt cheese um, kefir um, anything with sort of live and active cultures in it uh, and then fermented mm -hmm. products yeah. bigger for probiotics as well so uh pickles uh sauerkraut uh yeah soy sauce is another good one for fermented products so yeah uh you know a bit of research online there's it's all it's all out there but those those are probably your main sources and then i think that's it if you're looking at a local shop and you're struggling to get hold of those things at that point Ordering, ordering a supplement could be a great idea. And, and equally for other sources of nutrients that are going to play a, a role in your immunity. So, you know, if you're finding it 
really hard to get hold of protein as we just talked about having a protein supplement could be a really good idea and it could also take maybe some of the pressure off of your food shop not needing to include as as much meat or or fish or whatever it is that you like to get your protein from um to be able to have a supplement there so there's there's definitely some benefits to supplementation it's just not I like to think of supplements as making up around 20% of your diet, um, a maximum of 20% or um, one intake a day should be of that specific nutrient. So protein, um, we have one, sorry, artificial intake of protein a day could be a good way to look at it as well. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. Okay. That's really helpful then. And actually, that's quite encouraging for me because as you listed those foods, I think on the whole, they appear in my diet currently. So I'm probably yes. okay. But um, yeah, but definitely protein shakes are very useful if you, um, I must admit, I find eating protein, you know, as in a meat form of protein three times a day quite tough. But if I have got a protein shake to have, you know, that kind of lightens the load slightly, gives me an alternative. And you yeah. can mix protein shakes with all kinds of nice fruit and veg as well. Yeah. So, um, and I yeah. think that's a really good point, Louise, because I think a lot of some people think of protein shakes and they sort of conjure up this horrible image of this kind of horrible powder that's going to taste revolting. And protein shakes have come in kind of a long way, especially in the last 10 years. Um, and lots of them now, especially the unflavored versions, if, if you put them into a nice shake with some berries, some seeds, um, you know, some, some vegetables, you, you can't taste that it's there. Yeah, no, I know. I agree. Yeah, they can actually be quite pleasant, <laughs> surprisingly. So, yeah, and, and a great yeah. way of then adding in your, your vitamins through the fruits that you add as well um, or... Um, nuts black seeds that kind of thing yeah 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 great it can be it can be a great replacement for a meal and i think it's something that i recommend i recommend to clients regularly especially with their sort of you know busy straight up and out the door it can be a great breakfast um instead of having to to you know cook some oats or or cook some eggs or something like that it's yeah uh, yeah nice quick easy and, and can have a really good sort of nutrient profile yeah yeah and that's a really good point and for people who are in the uk where there's a struggle a run on eggs at the moment <laughs> i think that might have settled down there was a run on eggs in the uk <laughs> a bit like the toilet rolls but i think things are settling down now okay so that's the kind of nutrition a really good overview for what a healthy sort of approach to nutrition could look like at the moment so what about exercise you know gyms in the UK and I guess all over the world have, have closed down or reduced certainly group activities. Um, so what can we do, be doing instead? Well, I think, Louise, I mean, you, you took part in one this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yes. <laughs> so I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the whole fitness industry has gone online. Every, everything's gone virtual. I think every, anyone that has... Um, sort of being a bit innovative and wants to you know look after their clients or their members has taken a step to go online and there are you know hundreds hundreds of free workouts appearing and uh, virtual classes that you can try and there's lots of apps out there and 
there, there, there really is so much that you can do at home to stay active at the moment. And I think it's more than anything, just about having the right mindset with it and not having that all or nothing. Well, I'm just going to wait until the gym reopens because you can wait until the gym reopens and it's going to take you, you know, a month, six weeks to get back up to where you were today. Whereas if, if you're able just to, to maintain a level of activity, you're going to be able to get straight back in there and straight off of, um, you know, where, where you left off. Uh, and maybe even be able to make some progress at home as well, depending on what your your goal is. Um, so I think I think the mindset is really important when it comes to staying active at home. It's a challenge, and I think that's the best way to look at it. How am I going to take on this challenge of staying active at home? Um, and then I think getting a bit creative as well. There's been um, a lot of stuff coming out in terms of using books, bags, uh, you know, bottles at home bean cans to, to, to use weights and use your living room um, and create your own little home gym. So I think those are uh, uh, using the sort of virtual sessions and then and getting a bit creative as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I noticed that it's really important for my sort of mental health as well, actually. The days when I start the day with some exercise, I generally feel much more positive. So I think there's more than a physical benefit to it, isn't there? Absolutely, absolutely. I think that that mental side of things is almost worth more than the physical benefit. I think, Mm. you know, we all know about the benefits of exercise, but I think the... The benefits in terms of just your your mindset and being able to control something right now, I think is really important where so much is out of control. It's so important to be able to take control of something within your day and deciding I'm going to go and do some exercise, I think puts you in an empowered position. I'm choosing to do this. So I think that's really important. But then also, you know, the the scientific benefits of exercise in terms of those massive endorphin releases and especially if you can include some some strength training into your your daily workouts um, or your weekly workouts Uh, strength training as you know Louise I'm a rather large fan of (laughs) Um, (laughs) one of the, the biggest reasons for that is because Strength training is a is is the polar opposite in terms of the effect that it has on your hormones to stress. So so when when we do when we get really stressed and it releases high amounts of cortisol, it floods the body. Um, cortisol is breaking down tissues. It uh, breaks down tissues all over the body. Whereas strength training does the opposite. It releases uh, testosterone and human growth hormone, which helps to rebuild tissues um, better and stronger. So, uh, and, and makes us feel great at the same time. So I think for, for me, especially if you can get some, some strength training in, the, the benefits there are absolutely huge. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Definitely. And actually, I, I, I was just reading or telling you just before we started, wasn't I, about um, this theory that there, that and I think it's, it's strength and also um, doing some quite intense other forms of exercise, such as running, um, your muscles secrete hormones into your bloodstream, and that makes your brain more resilient and 
to stress and depression. And I think in the industry, in the you know, medical industry, it's called hope hormones, or in the research that's been done about this. I'll put a link to um, the book where this is talked about called The Joy of Movement by Kelly McGonigal. Um, but that probably explains why we also feel very positive after exercise as well, doesn't it? I think, you know, we're releasing positive hormones which boost our mood. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, yeah, I was reading an article about this the other day. I can't remember who it was by, but they were saying that, you know, we have evolved to receive this flood of benefits from exercise. Our body is sending us the strongest signals that it possibly can. Do more of this. I really like it. You know, it's really good for us. <laughs> Let's keep doing this. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're built, you know, running for 30 minutes releases more endorphins than than any other sport um any other form of training um and, and i think it's just that it's it's your body screaming at you you know I, I, this is great for me do some more of it <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah definitely and i think anyone who does exercise regularly you know becomes almost an addiction for that reason because we feel the feel-good hormones building our systems and recognize that it does help hugely with mood and, and stress reduction too. So yeah, re really important. Um, so for people who are thinking, right, I need to do something, but I don't actually really know where to start. Perhaps they haven't been to the gym particularly, or they've been going to some exercise classes, but it's not been a regular thing. Where would you suggest, or how would you suggest they start? Sure. So um, I think there's a few things. I think, first of all, just trying to get outside every day. Um, you know, for if you're if in your country, you're still allowed to, to take a walk or take a run, go on the bike. So I think in terms of any kind of exercise plan and what that might look like right now, it is definitely getting outside. You know, the benefits of getting outside are huge, vitamin D and all of that. Um, so I think getting outside every day is great. Um, and then uh, what I like to do and what I want to, what I want to see uh, most of our clients doing is sort of alternating some strength training with um, some sort of uh, higher intensity training. So something that's uh, going to focus on sort of building and maintaining muscle mass and then alternating that with something that's a little bit higher intensity and is more focused on just getting a really good kind of cardiovascular workout and uh, raising your heart rate. So I think if you could design a weekly plan, it would be getting outside each day in some form or other, and then one, one day of strength training, and then one day of high intensity training, and then maybe also working in there some sort of stress reduction kind of mobility movement. So uh, maybe on the third day, having some form of uh, just a stretch routine that you that you do at home or uh, a yoga class that you could take online um, but those those kind of three fundamentals strength training higher intensity and some sort of recovery based session um, in in some order depending on what your week looks like so that's that's probably how i would structure it mm. Mm. And I suppose the important thing to say about the strength training, because when I think of strength training, I think of great big heavy weights, <laughs> which probably a lot of yeah. people don't have hiding away at home. 
So they can do bodyweight exercises, can't they? Is that sufficient for strength training? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good point. Yeah, you, you definitely don't need, you know, big heavy weights to be, to be doing something that would be classified as strength training. There are um, a huge progression of bodyweight exercises that you can do at home with um, almost no equipment. Some of them I can't even do. Um, <laughs> so uh, that, you know, it's, uh, I think a lot of people think bodyweight exercise, or oh, is that going to be easy? It, it's not, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy because it's, it's with your body weight. It's just more um, something that you might, you're going to take your time with a little bit more. You're going to take rest periods between movements. It's more focused on having uh, quality movements and uh, working specific movement patterns uh, rather than just keeping your heart rate up for, you know, 20, 30 minutes or whatever. So strength training. So, um, to give you an overview of what that looks like, what, what we want to do is target the what we would call in the industry the five, five to seven fundamental movement patterns of the human body. So the body has these five to seven movements that it can do. And uh, that looks like pushing things away from you, pulling things towards you, squatting down, hinging, bracing, and then there are a couple of others that people like to argue about so it's really trying to include those sort of movements and then find it those movement patterns sorry and then adding resistance to those patterns so for some people a strength training session might be that i'm going to be doing press-ups against my desk um, that's a pushing away from you movement pattern for, for the next person it might be that they, they find that a bit too easy and they need to move to the floor and then for the next person they might need to do that with a book on their back or, or whatever so so we want to try and get those five movement patterns in um, a few a few days a week and most of the programs that are out there if they're a good program they're going to try and include those those movement patterns so and most of the virtual sort of sessions you've seen the apps that are coming out they'll try and they'll try and target those patterns in a workout uh, and that way we know we've worked kind of the whole human system if that makes sense yeah yeah. Oh, now I know the <laughs> how you structure yeah, no. the sessions. I do. That's interesting. I didn't know. I didn't know that. So yeah, so perfect. <laughs> and and I've, I, I you know, I'm an example of someone who's done rhyme sessions, and you know they're exactly that. So five or six movements repeated three times around, and that's pretty pretty. Yeah, that can be a pretty hard workout by the end. <laughs> so with what you like to yeah. call a finisher. Do you want to just tell people a bit about a finisher um, as, a, as something to do at the end of this, or is that not not necessary? Um, I, I'd say at the moment, so we we use finishers uh, at the end of an hour's hour strength training session. So especially if you're people find a lot of the time with strength training, so a strength training uh, exercise might look like I'm going to do three sets of eight repetitions and I'm going to take 90 seconds rest or two minutes rest in between each of my sets. Or I might pair that with another movement and rest on one exercise whilst I'm working another. Um, sometimes that doesn't produce a whole lot of sweat. It's not a really high heart rate activity. 
And, and so if you're someone that likes to leave a session, kind of feel like, God, I really worked hard today. Um, one of the reasons is one of the reasons why we put a finisher on the end of a strength training session. So it's just five minutes, five to 10 minutes at the end of your session of something that's uh, high intensity. So we, we might finish a strength training session with a, uh, some high intensity interval training and th there is research to say that by doing it at the end of the session we can cause a big spike in the metabolism and it can lead to extra fat loss and um so there are some kind of more scientific reasons as to why you have it at the end of a session um but that can be a uh, good addition to your strength training if you do like doing the more high intensity stuff and it might feel a bit weird if you're doing strength training for the first time and you want to slow things that you've got to slow things down and take a couple of rest periods um but yeah that's that's kind of what a a uh finisher would look like and then you want to alternate that with a higher intensity session and that's the higher intensity sessions are kind of like really long finishers <laughs> so you know as experienced in our virtual sessions Louise it's uh sort of 30 minutes of high intensity activity uh, and but that is something that I want, do want to touch on it's why I've kind of hammered home a little bit about strength training is a lot of people are doing these high intensity workouts at the moment and that's great it's really good to do the high intensity stuff block burning lots of calories spiking the metabolism but it does have a very different effect on the body to strength training. Um, it's, complete, it's completely different hormonally and physiologically, and they have two different benefits. One, as I said before, is building and growing and repairing, and one of them is breaking down tissue for energy. So it's why it's so important to have the two. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, I guess that's, you know, in the olden days when I was an aerobics junkie and didn't ever really do any strength <laughs> sense training, yeah. I can see the difference and the benefit from having a mix of the two these days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you're Great. really strong now, Louis. I can, I can testify that you are very strong. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm a bit worried about what's going to happen at the end. Because <laughs> I don't have those heavy weights from the gym at the moment, but I'm doing plenty of body weight exercise. And actually, that still feels pretty tough. So... Yeah, yeah, and that will make all the difference. It doesn't have. I think one of the the biggest principles in training is uh, carryover. So, how much does a uh, exercise or a workout routine carry over into different sports or different activities? And mm -hmm. how well does it? You know, does it translate those qualities? And by doing a body weight routine at home we can still maintain lots of the qualities and have that carryover back into our strength training so just because it doesn't look exactly the same and we're not dealing with with barbells or kettlebells it doesn't mean that it doesn't have carryover back into those um back into our regular training regime if that yeah. makes sense yeah no absolutely and i know even just i mean we're doing quite a number well more press-ups than I would normally do I think <laughs> that I can definitely feel the benefit of those and I have a TRX if anyone knows what those are which you hang on a door and you can do your exercises sort of suspending or move 
relying on that to hold your body weight and that can be quite intensive too so yeah lots of things that can be done at home yeah the trx is a great one if if anyone is wondering about some some kit to invest in if they have the opportunity i would definitely recommend getting uh, a trx or uh, some kettlebells or both just because they have a massive variety of exercises that you can do with with both mm-hmm. of them and they take up very little space yeah i second that i just bought a few new kettlebells ryan you haven't seen them yet so <laughs> i have some heavier ones oh, that i can use now as well which is great yeah yeah so brilliant well i think that's given us a fantastic overview of you know how we should be approaching our nutrition yeah, and the benefit of a very positive approach to nutrition from our immunity, the perspective of immunity, but then also fitness and, you know, the impact, positive impact that has on our mental health as well. Um, and how we can quite simply maintain it at home um, in ways that perhaps we hadn't realised we could <laughs> before this all happened. So thank you very much, Ryan, for your time today. Um I I will put a link to Equilibrium Studios, which is the studio that Ryan runs in the UK, on the show notes. And I'm sure if any of you want to get in touch with him, he'll be very happy to to connect with you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Great. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Ryan. And thank you so much for listening. I hope this interview has provided you with practical ideas and some inspiration and motivation that you can take away and put to practice in your life to optimise your nutrition and fitness practices. You can go to thrivingabroad.com and look for episode 15 and download the show notes where I've recorded the key messages Ryan shared in this podcast and also created a list of questions to get you going as you implement his suggestions. And while you're there, why not sign up for the regular newsletter where I provide podcast updates, show notes and associated links and resources. And please help me to get the word out about this podcast by reviewing and rating the show. This will help to get the podcast listed more prominently and so help to get the information out to more people who would benefit from it. I'll be back soon with the next instalment. Meanwhile, if I can be of any support to you in your journey, then do get in touch using the contact form on the Thriving Abroad website. Wherever this podcast finds you in the world, please stay safe and well. Bye-bye for now.